Let's get into the magic with your hosts, Sess and Katie. Well, welcome to the pod. Uh, today, our topic is a mix of a couple different things, one of them being ancestral healing, and ancestral trauma, epigenetics, and claiming your power and reclaiming your power and what your birthright is. Yeah, yeah. And I think your birthright is not continuing a lineage of like sickness. Right. Especially when you start to see it. Yes. Like, because if you don't see it and if you never look, then you don't know what you're continuing. You're just doing right. it unconsciously. You're a, I mean, sorry, but you're like a, a pog in like the wheel of, of this whole system. Yeah. Wake up. Wake up. The water's fine. <laughs> Come on in. The water's it really fine. Is. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so that's, I, I think we can kind of start with a little bit of um, what epigenetics is and what genes are and like how that plays a role in your in who you are, the genetic makeup of who you are. And um, there's a lot of really incredible books. One of the ones that I've just finished reading is called It Didn't Start With You. And let me just get the author real quick. Mark Wallen. Mm. It's fascinating. And um, it's really putting the science behind why you do carry on things from generation to generation. It is, it is literally because it is passed down in your DNA. Right. So, Can I say, I love that there's science behind all of this, but I do think it's very funny that yeah. there are like, there are things that we just know from practicing exactly. this. Like, you just know that this has yeah. been passed down. But exactly. as like little humans in this like robot world, what's yeah. the, where's the science? It's like, yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like people yeah. need science when, to prove something that we already know and feel and see and experience every day. Yes. But whatever people need is what they need to get there. And so I'm loving that there's But it's also science. fascinating that yeah. you can like actually look at it in a scientific viewpoint and right. it's it tells you what you kind of already know what what like intuitively makes sense um not that it, i don't think it like makes it more legitimate i'm not one of those people that like not needs the cold no. hard scientific yeah. facts to believe something right <laughs> but a, a large amount of people do and yeah. that's like the beauty that science is like kind of in a way catching up to spirituality like for sure it yeah. is Exactly. And it's beautiful. Yeah. And it's also interesting to learn, like, you know, why it is happening and how it does happen and you pass it down. One of the things that I love that he spoke about in the book is like, what is repressed will be expressed in the next lifetime. Yeah. You're not talking about it and you're repressing it. You're leaving it for future generations to deal with. Right. Um, and that can be even like, that's your physical, physical future generations. Mm -hmm. But also like on a spiritual level, that's your soul. You're going to have to relive yeah. that. If you're repressing these things, yeah. you're going to have to relive this life and have to go through and experience those. And like, you might have to like learn the lessons that your ancestors couldn't learn. Exactly. Or your great, great grandmother couldn't learn because right. she didn't maybe have the tools or the resources or, of you know, which is understandable. Yeah. And you can learn them all. Like you can yeah. learn them all. Like it's not like you have to reserve one lesson for each life. Exactly. Yeah. So as we know, genes are passed down from parents to their offspring and genetics are altered by molecules that can turn genes on or off, which are mm -hmm. epigenetics. So yeah. They can either be expressed or repressed and, um, you know, like that determines your genes. So I, when I went to school, I went to school at uh, Nutrition Therapy Institute in Denver and it was an incredible school. And one of my teachers, I don't remember what class this was, but he said, 
you can always go into the changing room and change your jeans. Uh. And before this, like, I had no idea. Like what? Back to true religions or? <laughs> Seven. Low rise. <laughs> Seven low jeans. Low rises. Luckies. Like what? <laughs> Did you hear low rise jeans are back? Yes. But those are not no, the jeans not. you want to change I refuse into. to live in that, ex- in that reality. We I'm can't. We can't reality. go back there. No. <laughs> None of us looked good. <laughs> no, nobody did. Oh my god! Oh my god! <laughs> um, Side note, sorry. Sorry, but no. But yeah, it's like that is like meant to empower you in a sense that you know you go to the doctor's office, you fill out forms, they ask about your family history, your maternal and your paternal sides, and then they kind of determine like what you know. What are the probabilities that you're going to have this like heart disease or, you know, depression or mental health issues or cancer or, you know, what have you. Yeah. And um, and so the phrase you can go into the changing room and change your genes means that even if you have a family history of this specific ailment or disease, disease, you can make different choices for yourself and for your yep. body through meditation. Um, meditation, one of my favorite lines from this book as well as um, meditation positively affects gene expression. Yeah. So stress management is huge. What you eat is huge. Yeah. Um, if you exercise, what your environment is, what your stress level is, what your microbiome consists of, and your overall like mental well-being. Do you have good relationships in your life? Do you have fulfilling Are you relationships? Supported? Yeah. Yes. All these things um, can positively affect gene expression, and so um, that's huge. And um, we're going to kind of weave in our own experiences with um, ancestral healing that we have both done. Yes. So the how your mom was like uh, in in the sense of like. What her life was like when she was pregnant with you affects you. And and it's like, duh, of course it it's does. It's like, it's like totally like, duh. duh. <laughs> like, yeah. But these are the conversations does. that are important to have because they shine a light on things that you maybe like, why the fuck am I this way? Why right. am I reacting it, this way? Why am I so short to to get stressed? Right. And it allows a little bit of space and distance too between you and your reactions and your emotions, right? So yeah. if if your mother was extremely stressed for the last like three months of pregnancy for whatever reason, right? it's like, and then you learn that later, you go, oh, no wonder I immediately go to stress. Yeah, like, No wonder I do that. Yeah, And then you can kind of take that distance, which is what the title of the book comes from, where it's like, it didn't start with you. No. Like, so this isn't necessarily you. Exactly. And because now you know that the stress comes from probably something else being birthed yeah, yeah. in a stressful environment, then you can go, okay, all right, well, that's what I was, that's what I, that's the situation, Yeah. but I can do something different. So how do I mitigate that? How do I manage this? How exactly. do I expand beyond it? Beyond yeah. it? You know, that's what we mean by reclaiming your power. That's exactly right. And yeah. and I know that like when my mom was pregnant with me, my dad was going back to school to get his MBA and they were in a stressful environment living wise, living situation wise. And when my mom told people that they were having their second baby, um, very close family members said, I can't believe you're doing this right now. It's such a bad idea. And these are, I mean, I just Not talk- supportive. Not supportive. And my mom 
my mom felt really isolated and alone and sad and stressed yeah, out. Of course she did. And that that has definitely been passed down to me. But I will say... In what ways do you think? Sure, I'm very quick to get stressed out and overwhelmed. Okay. It takes almost nothing. <laughs> Barely anything. And I fucking lose <laughs> my shit. Yes. The Apple login. <laughs> and, and it also, yeah, Apple login. God damn it. I can't do Apple I mean, ID. It, I'm to not be doing fair, that. I'm that's a whole mess. It's a mess. Yeah. <laughs> it, yeah, that's so true. Um, but it's like, you, and then there's, there can also be like phrases that you kind of just tell yourself and you don't know mm. necessarily where that comes from. Yeah, and narrative belief patterns. A narrative. You meant you touched on this before. It's like that might not even be you. That might be like a message that her gra- your grandmother told herself. Oh yeah. And that was passed <laughs> down. And so if it doesn't fit and it doesn't feel right, you can re-examine it. Yeah. And look at it differently. For instance, I will tell you a really, really crazy story, um, and then I will let you um, have the floor. But um, <laughs> my mom and I went on a drive uh, recently, like a road trip, and it really allowed us to talk about some of this stuff. And we have a very open relationship when it comes to that, and like family relationships, and like what that looked like for her when she was pregnant with me, when she had me, um, when she was raising me, all kinds of things. So. Um, we're very open about that. And as I've gotten older and more curious about myself and about her and my history, um, and this is an example of like something that didn't start with you, that isn't mm-hmm. about you, yeah. but I have a phobia of getting hit in the head. Yeah. Extreme phobia. And um, like, even if somebody like jokingly like throws clothes at me or like yeah. a pillow or is playing around and it hits my head, I will burst into tears. I'm a crier, you guys. She's as a you, crier. As you can see. Breaking news. Breaking news. <laughs> <laughs> and she's the Taurus and I'm the Pisces. <laughs> I, I, I know. I don't have any Pisces in me, but I like, I cried once today, but it was for a good reason. Yeah. Um. But yeah, so getting hit in the head is like the most triggering thing for me. And interesting side note, something I learned from my mom recently was that um, my grandmother's older brother was killed when he was kicked in the head by a horse. Yeah. And I'm like, oh, well, isn't that interesting? Yeah, that's where that comes from. That makes a lot of sense because it was always just like, why, why is this so terrifying to me? Yeah. You know, and I always like feel like I have to protect my head. So I'm like, okay, I can loosen the reins on this. Yeah. Have and a I can conversation with him and say, yeah. hey, hey, great uncle. We're great. Yeah. We're yeah. Good. We're okay. I don't need we're to good. carry this. Yeah. You're for myself. Yeah. So um, I encourage our listeners to like look at instances in their lives or fears or phobias that they have and talk to like your family members about like what your family history looked like, what yeah. life was like, where did you have relatives in the war? A war, any war, you know? I and- mean, that's what I did um, with the ancestral lineage when I, I mean, that's shamanic work is yeah. to look back at your ancestral lineage and understand like not only the, you know, the traumas that came from that, but the gifts as well. Yeah. So like um, we're, you were talking about the hit being hit on the head and that fear. I've had a weird thing where I always think like I can't see very well out of one of my eyes. Yeah. 
I just, I do. I went to the eye doctor. I go like every year. My yeah. eyes are fine. Like I have LASIK in one and I have 20-25 vision and 20-20 yeah. in the other. My eyes are fine. Like yeah. I see fine. But my great, 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 my great, great grandpa lost his sight in one of wow. his eyes. Like he got like whipped in the eye or something like that yeah. and just like couldn't see out of one of his eyes. Yeah. So it's like, okay, well, and after we had had this conversation, because Sess and I talk about things obviously before we share them with you. Um, I went to a Kundalini yoga class and I was med, you know, in it. Yeah. And all of a sudden, that that came to my head, like, dude, your grandpa, your great grandpa, like your great great grandpa on your mom's side, <laughs> lost his eye. Yeah, like duh. And then it just passed. I yeah. Was like, oh shit. That's where that yeah. came from. You know. But um, another thing that I'll just share about the family lineage and all of that. When I when I went with my shaman, you know, I practice shamanism and I work with a shaman as well. Um, and when I when it was time to go back and look at that ancestral lineage for me, I went and spoke with my grandma and both of them. I read, they sent me all the old pictures, all these yeah. old journals that my great-great-grandmothers had written. And the interesting thing is that on that side of the family, the main narrator for both, actually for both sides of the family, the main narrator that I had were women. Even the journals, which like isn't really common yeah. that far back. you know. Yeah. Like I, I read the life story of my great-great-great-grandma. Like, and then like her, her daughter and her daughter and her daughter, like it was always the female that sort of represented yeah. and wanted to speak to me, which is interesting for me in this lifetime because I, I deal a lot with that, like male, masculine, feminine balance. But um, I think it was like seven years ago, I was dating this man in my life and um, I found out after a period of time being together, uh, which there were issues and there were red flags and I chose not to look at them because he was extremely attractive and, mm, mm-hmm. you know, all of those things. Like yeah. I knew, I got these like pop-ups, like these intuition, these intuitive things in my head that are like, blah, like shit that you could never know that I was like, oh, that's a crazy yeah. thought. Like, th- like two months in, I'm like, is this dude married? Turns out he he got married while we were together and he was engaged the whole time. (laughs) That was what happened, right? And while I was doing this lineage, I had done this before, right? I was I had done this before. I was in the middle of this process. And on my on my paternal side, my great grandpa and my great great grandpa both left their wives. Both left their wives in a period in an era that that wasn't that common. Right. Right. So there's this idea of like not being chosen because that's what kept coming up to me when I would look at this and when I would work with this. Like I'm not chosen. Like he married somebody else. Like ignoring the fact that, you know, he lied to me and it was a manipulative and I did not listen to the red flags nor did I follow my intuition at all. Right. Yeah. So so it's like that. you almost and then like on, recreate situations. Oh, I recreated it in yeah. your life. Yeah. To kind and of then, learn it again. And this was like a huge lesson for me to learn because not only was it on my paternal side, but on my maternal side, they're all Mormons. Yeah. Like, like polyamory, like plural wives, like my great 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 yeah. grandma, like the one that I have the journal from. She was a plural wife. Yeah. And so wow. my one of them was a plural wife during um, the prosecution, the persecution of Mormons, where mm-hmm. the government changed it and you couldn't have multiple wives. And so right. because she wasn't the first wife, she was a plural wife. Right. She had to go into wow. hiding during that. She lost two of her three kids. Wow. Wow. Eventually got married and like all that sort of stuff. But again, is this not like recreating yeah. that 
I'm not chosen, right? Right. The plural wife is not chosen. So that like makes such perfect sense that it's somewhere in your DNA where you had to like go through the same thing. Where I have to do that. But yeah, yeah. it's like you're it's like in your DNA and you like literally have recreated this exact scenario. An opportunity yeah. for me to heal that. And that's what exactly. I did because yes. I was aware, mm-hmm. right? Like there has there had been so much repeated trauma of this in my family right. on both sides. You could see it on my my paternal side where it was my great grandpa yeah. and my great great grandpa. Yeah. Like both of them left. Both of these women were left behind to figure it out yeah. with kids. Yeah. You know, and so like in this lifetime, because I went through that and because I knew I was able to, I'm been able to heal and transition that. Yeah, for all of yeah. them. And doesn't it like make it for me at least? It makes me have more compassion for what my ancestors went through. Oh my god! Because like, <sighs> look at all the tools that we have at our fingertips at healing, right? And the awareness, and the vocabulary, and the help, and the professionals, and people to talk to about this stuff. Yeah, the support that they did like, not have. No, it's not like the Mormon go to therapy. the plural wife. Yeah, the plural wife was abandoned by a religion that she dedicated her life right. to. Like, abandoned. and that's like also not being chosen too. It's yeah. also another form of abandonment. That's yes. so interesting, isn't that like fascinating? It's and it, when so you can see it, yeah, when you put it in the mythic like that, when you see it as like this is a lesson for me to learn, rather yeah. than this is something terrible happening to me, right? You can like see it for the gifts that it had. Like the gifts of those beautiful women yeah. were the strength and the fortitude to get through that. Yeah. Like this woman lost two of her three kids and she still got remarried, had more kids, expanded her family, was joyful and loving. And yeah. like, you know, doing that. My my paternal side, same thing. Same yeah. thing. That's yeah. You know, my grandmother who was a who was sort of the end of that cycle, and then, you know, my dad and then me. She wasn't left by her husband, but um, like she was one of the most spiritual, kind people that I've yeah. ever known. So, like, those are the gifts of that, right? And that woman started that. You shift. can either like let that shit affect you yeah. and pull you down and put the lid on you, or you can allow it to soften you and allow you to expand and love right. more. And I think that right. that's like a huge lesson. Yeah, and it takes like a determination too, right? Yeah. Like it's a like melting into like, okay, I'm releasing this trauma and this experience from me, but also like a commitment that like, this isn't, I'm not doing this again. Like, yeah. no, this ends now with me. Exactly. Yeah. And it's like that, that once that awareness is, you're aware of that, you can feel that and see that, then you can make the, then you can let it go. Then you can like learn yeah. that lesson, integrate yeah. it into your life and move forward. And so right. keep tripping and tripping and tripping over the same lessons over and over again. And this is kind of like another form of shadow work as well, because For it's sure. like you get to look back on these patterns of, of your ancestors. And then you, like you're saying, you get to integrate it and apply it to your life. Yeah. How am I repeating these things? Like, yeah. how am I a victim to these things that I didn't know about before, but now I know? And right. then how do I shift that? Yeah. Right? Like ownership. Of those choices, but not like I'm the bad one. Just like, okay, I made these choices partly because of this influence, but you know, it did cause pain in these ways to these people. Yeah. And then you move on and you move forward. And I think that there's like a huge benefit in like getting to know your family history and your family tree and like asking questions. 
Right. And if you can't, if like, let's say you're adopted or something and you don't have connection to your family tree, there are people or there are meditations that you can do that can take you to like a, on a journey to find out the lessons that you need to learn from some of those answers. Yeah. Yeah. There's a way to do it. It can even like live within you and you're just like answering your own questions, which I think is super powerful too, if you don't have that resource. And it's like, it requires like, at least like for me and like my parents asking like kind of hard questions. I mean, these, some of these are like not easy conversations to have. No, it's adult questions. Yeah. Like, were you happy? Yeah, exactly. (laughs) How did you feel when you had me? Yeah. Like, what traumas were you going through in your life? Yeah, exactly. And and now, like, knowing how my mom's pregnancy was with me and how my birth was. um, Yeah. It answers a lot of little questions that I have about myself or just like it shines a light, right? But it's also like I have more information and more awareness around why I am this way. But that's not like, I don't feel like an an excuse or anything. It's like, okay, now I know. It's not like a poor me sort of situation. No, it's like, okay. Because my mom was like, I'm so sorry. And I'm like, mom, please. Like, I mean, we're way past that. Like, I'm in my 30s. Like, this is who I am. And now I know, okay, maybe this is why I get a little more stressed out or have more anxiety or, you know, lower self-esteem. But then it's like, but those are my things now that I get to shine a light on and I get to work through. But I also can release them. Yep. And you can release that shit. Yeah. Release it. Sherry, my shaman always tells me you can heal your karma in this lifetime. You can heal all of it. Yeah. You can. You just got to know what it is. And sometimes it's uncomfortable to learn about this stuff. Um, But it's so empowering. And it's also like you got to like learn what belongs to you and what doesn't. And like if you are healing like past, you know, karmas and you are healing your lineage and breaking these ancestral patterns that is it takes some strength but it's also just like I'm sorry I totally lost my train of thought but that was I was on a good roll and then I lost yeah, it yeah you were on a great roll what was I saying Katie Ugh. shining a light on these ancestral traumas and being a in your karma you're letting go of something that doesn't necessarily belong to you well yeah shift it shift it thanks I mean the thing is is that like yeah some of these things are not <laughs> It's so, it's like a very delicate and like nuanced because yeah, lineage traumas, like ancestral lineage stuff comes back up because it wasn't healed by ancestors. So if you can do that in this moment, then you get to do that. And yes, like your stress and your anxiety may not necessarily be from you. So you can take like space from it and go, okay, well, this came from my mother and this came from these things that are not me, internal me. But at the same time, you've chosen to be that, right? Mm -hmm. You've chosen to live in that. Now that you know that, you have to choose something different. Yeah, exactly. And on a higher level, right? We're at if we're souls choosing the existence that we're having in this world, right? For our own benefit, yeah. for our best, for our best outcome and growth, yeah. then there's a reason, one, that you chose a family lineage that has what it has. Yeah. In it. There's just a reason. Yeah, so you always hear that. It's like you chose yeah. this life. You chose it. You chose this family. <laughs> you chose all of it. You hear that all a lot. No, I mean, and you you yeah. did. I mean, and whether, I mean, I don't think that we have a lot of skeptics listening in on this because yeah, this um, is an NPR. it's just like, it's, yeah, it's, <laughs> it's not NPR, right? But the thing is, is like, see it in the mythic if you want to, where it's like, I chose this and my soul is doing this because that's how I choose to see it. Yeah. If you, that doesn't resonate for you, I don't, I don't give a shit. Try it because it helps. 
Honestly, like if you can look at the circumstances of your life as a choice that you made, that gives you power. Yeah, That gives you power to then go, okay, if I made this choice, then I'm going to switch it and here's yeah. how I'm going to do it. Yeah. If you're a victim of it, how terrible and awful is that? If you can only view yourself as a victim of your life, as a victim of circumstance, yeah. as a victim of a godless world where yeah. things just happen, it's like, okay, I mean, maybe that's what your soul needs. Well, that's definitely not what mine needs. I always have to remember that it's like everyone is on this earth. To learn yeah. different lessons. And if I like cannot like relate to you at all, and I'm just like, why are they doing this? Like, don't they see this X, Y, and Z? It's yeah. like, no, they don't. Because maybe no, they're, they they're on a different life path. They're on a different life yeah. journey. You, Your lessons are very different from the ones that I am meant to learn in this lifetime. Right. And that's okay. I can't judge you for being you and living your life and right. having different that's lessons where to this, learn than I do. That's where this theme of self-righteousness which has come up a lot yes. for me. Like, this is how I live my life, right? And I know Seth does this too. It's like hey, I sit there and I go, yeah. there are all these things that <laughs> there are all these things that come up. It's like, yeah. okay, I I don't always sit there and like write down an inventory of my day and see how it was yeah. and what I could do different. Like I did that years ago. I don't do that anymore. I kind of just know now. Like, okay, well, this is coming up. Yeah. Yep. There are these themes for me. Mm-hmm. Like uh, years ago it was this discussion and this um exploration of like what power like power versus force. Yeah. Now it's like a heightened level of like of okay, so there's um righteousness, right? Which is like you being in your sin or you being in your soul and your being, that's your righteousness. Right. Right. Like you are a righteous being. And yeah. then there's self-righteousness. Right. Right. Like which is different. That's where I get I get into that sometimes yeah. where I'm like, how the hell do you not see this shit? Yeah. Like, this is so obvious. And there is that attitude, right? Because it's different. You can hold it. You can think the same thing, but hold it in two different ways. Right. Right? Like, you can laugh and go, oh, you know, like, okay, yeah, I guess they need that. Yeah. That's not what I need. Right. And just kind of laugh at, like, the circumstance and the folly and, yeah. like, how two different things, people need two very different things in this lifetime. Yeah. Or you can do what I do sometimes, which is like judge a little bit. Right. You know, like how the hell do these people not see this shit? And it's so obvious and da 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 yeah. da, which is self righteous. It is self, yeah. Yeah, it's self righteous. And then it's like <laughs> when I can take a step back from that self righteousness and I'm like, I've had a totally different life, totally yeah. different experiences. I have totally different values. I have totally different goals than this person. Why do I expect them to do what I would do? What I think is yeah. right. What I think is or the best thing. It, right. Yeah. The way you see it. And I think that having that perspective, Seth, is something that we so badly need in this society right now because yeah. we've lost it entirely. It like <laughs> it 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 takes like this element of righteousness and like superiority and like all of that away. And you're just like okay, this is yours. Like, I don't know why your God or the universe put you here and what you need to learn, but you clearly are. And it's different from me. And who the fuck do I- go after it. Yeah. Go do it full in. Learn your lesson. Yeah. Like learn your life lesson. Learn it. And and like, it doesn't have anything to do with me. And when I start judging you, like I'm the asshole. Yeah. That's the self-righteousness, right? I am the asshole. Yeah. And that's what I, yeah, I, yeah. There's many, come up for me. many different instances or just like, you know, you see people online or you see your, you know, your friends or neighbors or whatever doing things. You're like, oh my God, are you fucking kidding me? And then it's like, dude, I don't know. 
I don't know what your yeah. karma is. Or you want to like shake people like, hey, this is a repeated pattern in your life. Do you not see this? <laughs> yeah. Like repeated pattern yeah. in your life and how this is adding to this and this is adding to that narrative. And then you're creating these sort of things and you're just, okay, you're just sitting there blind. Yeah. Just like, nope, you're not going to look, you're not going to look, you're not, okay. Yeah. And I, that's how I get. Yeah. And I'm like, Kate, you have to just stop, right? Yeah. Like just, oof. I will tell you that I do feel a lot happier when oh, I am yeah. not doing that. And when that clicks in, and I'm just like, okay, he can act however the fuck he wants to act. This is him. It is not me. (laughs) He, we are not the same person. So I, he cannot act like, how do I expect this person to act how I would in this situation? And see the way that you can see. Yeah. We're different shoes. We're in different shoes. And no. Yeah. Yeah. And that's okay. And when I have like a more loving respect for like what you're going through and what your life is, and I hold it through like a lens of that instead of like, wow, this fucking guy is really pissing me off because he's doing this. You know, yeah. it really like. No. And that can even free. be applied. Yeah. yeah. That can even be applied to like how to your dynamics with your family when we're talking about like Mm -hmm. lineage and epigenetics and all of that, right? Like that grace and that ability to like not be in self-righteousness, but to be in like sort of just like laughing acceptance of like, okay, this is their life path and this is mine. Doesn't matter if like they have health issues and they know it and they keep eating this way or they keep doing this thing that they know isn't going to benefit them because everyone has told them it's not. And I love them and I don't want, you know, all of that sort of stuff. Yeah. Like, doesn't matter. We we go back. You feel it and then you roll back and rise up into like, okay, yeah. this is acceptance of this. This is space from that thing. Like, I don't have to carry on those things yeah. from my family members, from my friends, from whatever environment that I'm in. Yeah. And it also like, kind of makes me think of like so much of, like, of our adulthood and like the issues that we come across like professionally or in relationships or whatever. Like how we react and act in those situations is so much a part of like our conditioning and how we were raised and how our parents acted. And like, I will tell you that um, being in in my relationship that I'm in now, so many of my naughty behaviors (laughs) and like how I react when I don't feel like I'm being heard or seen is, you know, like a very childish way. And that's what I saw growing up. And so it's like, I'm, you know, you just repeat these things, right? I love that. Until yeah. you're like, oh, I do that when I feel fight or fight. Or I do that when I feel like pissed off and I feel defensive, right. then I act this way. And a lot of that stuff is like, that's what you observe when you grow up. And it's right. it's, it's like a great untangling. Oh, it is. It's a Adulthood. beautiful untangling. Yes. Yeah. It's like, oh, of, I learned of all that. of those things. And yeah. I don't have to react in that same way continually. Just because I feel A doesn't mean I have to do B. Yeah. And it is like, you and I always do the metaphor stuff, but it's like, it is an untangling, right? Yeah. Because if you just cut it out, if you just cut the knot of hair out, but you don't continue to brush your hair and take care of it, <laughs> it's going to get fucking tangled or like again. Or trim like, around it. <laughs> Yeah, it is. Like, yeah. it's going to get fucking tangled yeah. again. So it's like, untangle it yeah. so that you can keep it and keep the gifts rather than just be like, cut, done, nope, not doing that. And then your hair like, looks, don't look, look at like a it. fucking mess. Yeah, yeah, you look like an idiot. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> like lopsided, like you had gum stuck in there, yeah. you know? Yeah. Um, I mean, I went through, I think it was like, I don't know. 15, 14 or 15 years ago, um, I went to, I had a a woman and a mentor named Angel. She was like in her 80s and she was 
she did all the things like here's her astrology like here's the, these things to read here's yeah. buddhism stuff like let me do the pendulum over your chakras like all of this stuff yeah. that i love and um she suggested i go to this retreat in northern california i don't remember the name um also we're not giving free <laughs> Free press. Free marketing yeah. and press, yeah, here. Um, no, I mean, at some point we will. I just really don't remember the name. At some point we really hope to, actually. <laughs> yeah, we really hope to. Um, <laughs> but anyway, I went to this retreat, and I'm pretty sure it was a week or two weeks, and it was all about familial healing. So this was actually a really interesting time in my life because in the middle of this retreat, um, you weren't supposed to have any contact with anyone, and they pulled me in to this back room, and everyone looked, all counselors looked like extremely sad. And I just started crying. And that's when I found out that this friend that Sess and I both, both Sess and I's best friend, Nikki, um, died of a drug overdose uh, while I was here. I was so raw and open in that space that I really felt like it couldn't have been a better space for me yeah. to, to deal with that. But going back to what this was about, it was about looking back at your family history and your heritage. So like you said, everything that we do is... A response is like a reaction to how our upbringing, yeah. and they believed it was like either a direct react, like a an alignment with what your parents did, or a yeah. a rebellion of. And being mm-hmm. who I am, it was mostly a rebellion of. Yeah, right. Like except for the good things, I was like, okay, that makes sense. I'll go along with that. Yeah, I'll shit, take that. Uh-uh, I ain't doing that. Blah, let me go this way. Yeah. Um, but we went through that and processed that. Um, I mean, we did meditations in graveyards, like about our death, if we continued these patterns, like what yeah. would our lives look like? We meditated on um, what what our parents went through, yeah. right? Like that, that thing that we're talking about, about giving people grace, about not being in self-righteousness, about like yeah. allowing them space to be on their path. Like I got to go back in time and see from like a bird's eye view, both of my parents' childhoods. Yeah. And in fact, one of them, like I had a conversation with my mother um, about this like scene that I had of her, because she, her, I mean, my grandparents are lovely, lovely people. They're so kind, but they had five kids, like five kids, you know, my mom was the oldest daughter. So, I mean, bearing that responsibility, she had to kind of keep everyone together. And I I remember like feeling that heaviness mm-hmm. of like pleasing people and keeping things in order yeah. and um, not really because you're like in charge, not really feeling like um, she was loved, but not fully feeling love because there's just so much other stuff to do. Like yeah. It, you know? And I, I shared this with her and she, I remember she cried. Like I remember she was like, yeah. 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 Well, it's interesting. Like my mom is the youngest of six. And uh-huh. all, you know, it was very different from what you're saying about your mom. But I can yeah. also see like a lot of like um, karmic agreements being ended with me and her having me as a daughter who ended up being yeah. an alcoholic and a drug addict. Yeah. And her getting to walk with me through sobriety and treatment and all of that. And it was something that she could not do with her um a family member she had uh, right. with a drinking problem. So yeah, so you got to help her heal that yeah. one. Yeah. And how, how beautiful is that? And it's also like what you're saying is like, even though, you know, you always hear, I mean, I, I always hear this. Your parents did the best they could with what they knew. Oh, yeah. You know, you hear oh, that yeah. a lot. And yeah. how much grace does it take to look at your parents and like look at the mistakes they made with raising you and give them grace because it 
it did not start with them, right? It started way, way before them, way before them. This is how their parents treated them. This is how their great grandparents treat, you know, so it is like a lineage. And like when you become aware of these then it becomes your responsibility, I right. think. Yeah. That's and my they belief. either, yeah. And they either accepted it and continued that or rejected it and then continued another like sort of sick pattern because they didn't understand yeah. where the, they didn't heal that trauma yeah. from the beginning, yeah, you know? Exactly. Yeah. I mean, if we're talking about karmic things, I think whether my parents like it or not, they chose me. <laughs> yeah. Because I, I shift things. Like yeah. I, that experience of like, me getting sober of the damage that I caused to begin with. And then like taking this on and saying, yeah, no, this is the life that I want. Like this yeah. spiritual path, like this lifestyle, these things, this is what I want. Yeah. And we're going to all come together. So like these things that we would, where we would walk on eggshells before and we wouldn't talk about shit. We're not doing that. We're talking about it. Like we're doing these things. And it's not always something that um, makes people feel very comfortable, no. especially when they're, uh, used to just kind of brushing stuff under the rug. And that's like so how like our have, generation is too. Yeah. Yeah. And so to have children that are like, okay, we're not, but yeah, I get it, but we're not brushing that under the rug. Let's look so at this, this yeah. is how this made me feel. And this is, where did this come from for you? And yeah. blah, 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 blah. Like it's uncomfortable, but yeah. now, I mean, 16 years later, it's like, they still get annoyed sometimes. <laughs> for sure. But you know, how can you not? It's when you love someone that much, you're just like, there's so much about them yeah. that annoys the shit out of you. Yeah. Too. And then that like brings yeah. me to another point where it's like your trigger belongs to you <laughs> too. Yes, it does. It does not belong to the other it's person. It's your responsibility. Yeah. Yeah. If you're triggered by something, it is your responsibility, not the other person's. That other person somehow brings it out in you, but them changing their behavior is not going to change what is internally happening to you. Right. And honestly, if you're looking at it from a higher vibrational perspective, be grateful that that person triggered you because now you're aware that this thing comes up for and you. Our t- I think our, I feel like our parents are like the biggest teacher of those. Oh, yeah. <laughs> parents and, and partners, for yes. sure. Yes. <laughs> yeah. 100%. Yeah. yeah. But yeah. I, I love that, you know, like what Katie and I want to do on this podcast, which I feel like we are doing is like talking about like these deep, you know, somewhat like complicated, confusing things and just being like, Hey, it's not that it's not not that that bad. It's not that bad. You have to look at this stuff and take away that power and the shine the light into that darkness to be able to be like, okay, it's not that scary down here. No, find that magic. Like, because magic is everywhere. It's in the light and it's in the darkness. It's it's both places, but you have to look. Yeah. yeah. And you can't shift your life and change if you haven't done this work. Right. You can sit there and you can say all the things that sound good and you can make videos on Instagram and you can all of that sort of stuff and feel good and surround yourself with people that are talking about the same things. But if you don't do it, if you don't do this work and see where it stems from for you, you're repeating patterns. Yeah. You are destined to repeat these things over and over and over again, whether you're around spiritual people yeah. or not. Because I'm sorry, no one person, no guru, no technique is going to save you. They're just not. You have to do it yourself. Healing is a you puzzle. You have to look. Healing yeah. is a puzzle. And it's piece by piece. Yeah. And it's it's a spiral upwards, right? Like it's yeah. the higher you go up that spiral, the fewer pieces there are, but they're deeper. Yeah. You're like, oh, these three things are what I'm learning. These are lessons that I'm learning. How do I deepen my understanding and learning of these lessons in this way, right? Like you get nuanced perspectives of things. It's not as simple as like self-righteousness or 
you know, selfishness or any of those things. It's nuanced now. Right. That's the like beauty of the journey. Cause if you just did all the shit and then it was done, how boring would that be? Yeah. We got to keep I mean, shit, shit stirred, yeah. you know? Yeah. got to keep it going. Yeah. And it's also, the puzzle becomes more beautiful the more pieces you get to put in it. Your life has more meaning. It has more beauty. It has more texture and yeah, color. Depth. Yes. Yeah. And sometimes it takes a while to figure out where that piece goes. Right. It's like when you look, yeah, it's like when you look at the night sky in the middle of nowhere, right? Like yeah. in Montana or something. If you like lay out on the grass and you look at the night sky, you start to actually see it for what it is, yeah. Which is not like a flat surface with all these like bright lights on it. It's there's depth to it. Like you can see, you can almost see like galaxies yeah. and like different shades of like black to give it this depth and this curiosity. And like that's where you get to. The more you do this type of work, is you become way more curious because it's fascinating. Yeah, and it's fulfilling too. Oh my God, it is. Yeah. There are a lot of books on this. Yeah. We'll leave some references and stuff like that for you guys. Yeah. Um, if you want to start looking at it, have a conversation with your family. Yeah. Just start to have a conversation with your family about like how your birth was, like what... What your parents' relationship was like when yeah. they conceived you. All of it. When your All, mom yeah. was pregnant, like their relationships with their family members. Was it good? Right. Was it estranged? Right. All of that. Um, their yeah. siblings, their great aunts and uncles. Their, you know, yeah. it's get a feel for the energetics of like what they were dealing with, right? Yeah. And then also talk about like medical stuff too. Like, were there other things? Because sometimes you can connect these things, right? Like yeah. um, like heart issues with loss. Or grief, exactly. Or grief, yes. yeah. Like, what was there? Is there a history of heart issues, and is there a major history of grief and yeah. loss in your family? Like, oh, do you think those science hasn't proven that yet? But it probably will in the future. But who cares? You know what <laughs> yeah. I mean? Like, who gives a yeah, shit? But honestly, but it's like, <laughs> yeah, like just look at those things because yes. they're representative. Of it, it doesn't. Nothing. Not everything has to be literal. You know, right? And to get to know your family history better and the dynamics, it shines a light on you and your behavior and who you are and why you do the things you do or why you do shit you don't like doing just because right. of pattern. Um, like myself with my anxiety and that and that sort of thing. But it's like, what is yours and what isn't? Right. And like, you can be the one that stops this and transmutes it into something different. Yeah, that can be you. And honestly, if you're listening to this, probably is. Yeah, it probably is. Yeah, yeah probably is. And if you haven't done anything, then it's probably time. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And we will, yeah, there's tons of books. There's, you know, The Body Keeps the Score. There's, um, It Didn't Start With You. What Happened to You? Yeah. I mean, there's... We'll, we'll leave a list of references for you guys. Yes. And other podcasts and, like, things to listen to, because there's tons of information on, like, epigenetics yeah. and then lineage healing and, and trauma is, yeah. and like all of that and epigenetics yeah. in and of itself and i'm my career is as a holistic nutritionist and there are foods that allow your genes to be positively expressed you know mm. and then there's foods that cause you you know and also another point with like the genes and the family history it's like sometimes you pass down really bad health habits and that's why you mm. keep getting sick right so that's also because really you learn that this is how you eat yeah. Verse like actually having like a history of it. Yes, like, exactly. You're not destined to this. It's just how your family has always eaten. You pass down bad for generations. Habits. Yeah. And then you just think that that's genetics and, you know, you're predisposed. Right you know, have a predisposition to like heart disease or something like that when it's like, no, it's actually the food you're eating. Yeah. 
So if that sounds interesting to you, let us know. Shoot us an email at into the magic with a K magic at Gmail or hit us up on Instagram. Let us know if that's like an episode that you'd like to learn about. Yeah. I mean, maybe if no one does, we still will anyway, because I kind of want to. (laughs) No. And as a side note. Yeah. And I was just thinking this. Did you know that I had a traumatic birth? No. Yeah. I didn't. (laughs) Kind of. Well, one, my mother was, she ran. I read her like, I don't know, like my baby, like flip book or whatever. And she wrote all these little notes and stuff. And there was the funniest note because she was like talking about how she felt so bad that she ran three miles the day before she had me. She's like, the poor little baby, like bouncing in my belly. Oh my, God. <laughs> my mom literally ran three miles the day oh before she had me. And then I was born in the evening and um, this is kind of funny, but I chose this, right? Like the doctor had, the doctor's kid, his own child had had the umbilical cord wrapped around its neck. Wow. Right. That was his trauma. Yeah. So my mom goes in with me having contractions. Yeah. And at one point they like couldn't hear my heart. Wow. They couldn't hear my heartbeat. And the doctor having had that trauma, right? is like, oh, we got to do a C-section. We got to get her out now. It wasn't wrapped around my neck. It was just short. Yeah. Um, And I was fine and healthy. But like, yeah, being ripped, (laughs) kind of being ripped out like that. You know what I mean? Yeah. And I like made this joke the other day because there's a book uh, that I read and it's like when your soul's journey, when you choose to go in and they talk about how sometimes souls don't really enter, um, according to these people that have had these experiences, souls don't really enter into, they can enter into the the baby, the fetus in the womb whenever they want. But a lot of them, especially older souls, like go in last minute. And so I like made this joke the other day, like, Oh, I almost missed my ship. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like my heartbeat wasn't there. I was like, oh shit, I gotta go. Like, gotta get in this baby and let's go. Yeah. <laughs> wow. Yeah. I yeah. I know that my mom, like, um, their doctor was going out of town. And so they decided to do like induce me. Yeah. And it was too soon. And it was traumatic yeah. for both me and my mom. Yeah. You didn't and yeah. have a Pitocin drip. And it was all like very traumatic as well yeah. for not to not be ready. Yeah. Which maybe I'm like, maybe that's why I like never feel ready to do stuff. Cause I'm always like, yeah, <laughs> maybe not. Cause you're like, you know what? I was ready. I was contracting, but yeah. you know, I was somewhere else. But <laughs> I caused some problems being somewhere else. Yeah. But it's interesting to like draw those lines towards like yeah. how you, how you act and the things that you tell yourself and the messages that you tell yourself. It's just more information. I mean, I am often, I used to never think like that I was, I thought I was like, I'm always on time. I'm like rarely on time to things. Really? (laughs) Like I'm not ever super late, but I'm always like either right fucking on time or like two to five minutes late to everything. Wow. Which is like kind of what happened at my own birth, right? (laughs) Yeah. It was late to that. That's super interesting, Katie. (laughs) Yeah. Wow. It's like, cause I get distracted. I'm like, okay, I gotta go. Katie, I gotta go. Yeah. Oh, but I want to do this and I'm going to look at that. And then I'm like, oh shit, I gotta go. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. Yeah. <laughs> it's just more information. So. It's what you decide to do with it, too. Yeah. It's just... It is I what mean, it why is. Why not use it to create stories yeah. that inform and entertain you? Yeah. <laughs> right? Yeah. Like, why not? Yeah. Or just... There's no rules to this. No. Like, if they were, we would have fucked it up by now. Yeah, for sure. Well, everyone... Um, <laughs> We invite we you. We would have fucked it up for Did sure. We fuck if it there up? were rules, Did we, fuck to this all like, up? we at least would have broken them all. Yeah, because like that's me, you know. But thank you, Katie. <laughs> this has been awesome. Um, Same to you, Seth. And we invite our listeners, everyone listening, to look more in, like crack this book open and see what's in there. Yeah, and again, it's your time. 
If you haven't ever done this and you're listening, do it. It makes you. There's a reason you listen. Yeah. And it makes you feel not alone too. It kind of like creates like this army of angels around you. They're like (laughs) ready to like your ancestors, like ready to like, let you learn these lessons that they couldn't. Oh yeah. It's like secret, secret teachers that are like, Hey, yeah, don't do it this way. Do it this way now. Like I did that. It didn't work. Yeah. Try this. I love that. Like a guide to life, you know? Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, thanks, Katie. Thank you, listeners. And in the meantime, stay in the magic. Stay in the magic.